1: You missed your period or had other physical symptoms that had you wondering whether or not you were pregnant. Or maybe you were trying to conceive and the day arrived to take the pregnancy test. Either way, the test was positive. Now what? I'm Dr. Jan Penvozy, board-certified OBGYN, and today we're discussing what to expect between your positive pregnancy test and your first prenatal appointment. This is Preggy Pals.
2: Um, is that a plus sign?
3: Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your online, on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Stephanie Glover. We've covered topics for every phase of pregnancy. Visit the episode guide on our website to scroll through those topics. Listen directly on your computer through iTunes or download our free Preggy Pals app, available on the Android, iTunes, and Windows marketplaces. And be sure to check out our network app, where you can listen to all your favorite new mommy media shows on the go. Here's Sunny with more information about how you can get more involved with the Preggy Pals.
2: Hi, everybody. So yes, we've got some great segments on the show, and we would love for you guys to participate in them. So the first one that's really popular is our Ask the Expert segment, and it's where you guys can send us your pregnancy-related questions, and we have a whole team of experts that will answer these questions, and then we're going to include your question as well as their response on an upcoming episode. And we also have a fun segment called Pregnancy Oops, where all of our pregnant mamas share their funny pregnancy stories that have happened to them throughout their pregnancy, and we all have a good laugh. So, if you would like to submit to either of those segments, you can go on our website at newmommymedia.com and go to the contact link and send us an email that way. You can also reach out to us through our voicemail. If you actually want to tell, you know, ask the question yourself or tell the story yourself, leave a voicemail. That number is 619 866 4775. And again, we'll play it on an upcoming episode. And I also want to say, for those of you that listen to us on iTunes, we would love to get some more reviews on iTunes for our podcast. That's a great way way that people find our show through iTunes. And if you've benefited from this and and you would like to help us out and by reaching out to other pregnant mamas and telling them about our show, that would be great. Um, but yeah, if you can leave us a comment on iTunes, real easy to do, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Awesome.
3: Thank you, Sunny. Yep. So let's go around and introduce the panelists. I'm going to go ahead and get started. So again, my name is Stephanie Glover and I'm the host. I'm also a trained childbirth educator working on my certification. I'm a mom of two. Um, Gretchen is four, and she was my C-section baby, and Lydia is two, and she was my VBAC. Sunny? Yeah, so I
2: have four babies of my own. My oldest just turned five and is now in kindergarten, (laughs) and uh, that's a boy. And then I also have a three-year-old boy, and he's in preschool. And then I have identical twin girls who are almost two. Uh, If I did the math, about 23 months, I think, by the time (laughs) this episode comes out. And so, um, yeah, busy, busy family, big family. Never never thought I was going to have that many kids. It just kind of happened. Those twins, right? that threw you for the loop.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then also I think for the first time we have a couple joining us in the studio. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, My name is David. Um, I'm not
4: yet a parent (laughs) trying to prep for it. Uh, We got a few months to go. Um, I'm an insurance agent. Uh, My mom actually has been on this uh, podcast a couple different times and she thought it would be a very good idea for me to uh, put in my two cents Mm -hmm. even though I it's entirely new and I'm still getting used to the idea that in a couple of months I'm going to have somebody that I'm even more responsible for than her. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Thanks. Um, my name is Natalie, uh, 33. This is baby number one. Um, I'm a teacher. We're not going to find out the gender, so we're going to be surprised. Uh, due
2: December 3rd. So it'll be like
5: a Christmas present.
2: Awesome. You know my so twins. My twins. The C section for my twins was um, scheduled for December second of what would what would it have been two thousand thirteen, and um, I didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, no, they they came on their own three weeks before then. But, oh my goodness. Yeah, but I I appreciate the early December date. I was really hoping yes. for December babies too. But uh, did
3: you beat Thanksgiving then? Did you have them before? Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> they
2: were Veteran Day babies. Oh. <laughs> I was
4: but, three but, weeks early too.
2: Were you? Yeah, yeah. It's all good, though, you know. At least they came when they wanted to
3: come. Exactly.
2: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. All right, so before we begin today's show, we're going to talk about an app that I found online. It's called Lily. Now, this is actually an app that you would use before you became pregnant, but since our topic today is just finding out you're newly pregnant, I figured there'd probably be a lot of people out there that are listening to this episode that maybe aren't pregnant yet. So this may be an app that would interest you. So it's free. It's available on iOS, so iPad and iPhone. And the idea is it basically helps you track your cycles, um, and you can track it a couple different ways based on general averages, so what other people experience within the month, um, or you can track it based on your own personal symptoms. Now, as I was setting this up, I decided to try to track it with my own symptoms, and they do say that that's a more reliable way just because it's, it's more personalized for you, but it tracks a couple different things. It tracks uh, cervical fluid, your basal body temperature, whether or not you had intercourse that day. And if you use some sort of contraceptive when you did, um, there's information you can add about your period. So if you're currently on your period, you know, is it a, a light flow, medium flow, heavy flow, that type of thing, what your mood is for the day and then also if you took a pregnancy test and what the result of that pregnancy test was and so you just basically go through each day and you add in this information and then it keeps track of it throughout the month and the nice thing is is it provides different types of graphs and things that you can look at to kind of analyze things over the course of the month and then you know over the course of the year and as I was looking at some of the comments for this app on iTunes I found that a lot of people have been using this for multiple years you know it got some really good reviews and What I really liked about it is that, you know, in doing something like this, you learn a lot of information just about your own body, you know, because this is small stuff that you really wouldn't, you know, you really might not pay attention to otherwise. Um, But yeah, so a lot of good information on here. It is free, but if you want to upgrade to be able to print or share the information or provide different reminders for yourself, all that is locked until you pay a fee. And it's $5.99 to unlock and um, be able to access all of the features on the So just wanted to throw it out to you guys to see if this is something that, uh, you know, you would recommend to potential um, patients or clients out there or just use for yourself in the future. Stephanie, what do you think?
3: Yeah, actually, um, when I was trying for my first, we literally just guessed. I was like, maybe I'm ovulating. And we got pregnant. So I never <laughs> had to track anything. But the second pregnancy I did, because my cycle length changed, and I learned a lot more about my body. And so yeah, I think that this sounds great, because it can give you a snapshot. Particularly if it takes a few months, you might get a better idea of, oh, maybe maybe I was missing some signs. And it could be right. really helpful. Yeah. What
2: do you yeah. think?
1: Oh Well, I like menstrual tracker apps. This sounds like a good one. Uh, it really helps people understand. I'll teach them about ovulation. But this just reinforces everything that we go over in the office. And uh, it, it's a nice app that it has, uh, it sounds like it has multiple tools that you can use. And then the, the patient could decide which, which they want to do. Maybe they want to check their basal body temperature but don't want to watch for mucus changes and things like that. So um, it's kind of a neat app. And um, I do recommend them a lot for most people. So. Sounds good.
2: Do you ever have patients come in with an app and say, "Hey, look yes. what uh, yes. I tracked," and I and
1: I love it. I I find it very useful. And I and it, you know we were discussing it earlier, and 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 it can be useful for other things outside of pregnancy. There's other things you can track with that, so um, it, it's a great tool.
2: All right, Natalie, what do you what do you think? I think it actually would have helped me a
5: lot because um, <laughs> I thought I knew when I when my ovulation day was, and then we ended up pregnant, and I was off on the map. <laughs> Um, It was a surprise for us. It was a good surprise. Yeah. Definitely. Um, But we weren't like actively trying. Yeah. Um, We were just not actively preventing. Yeah. We're just kind of, if it happens, it happens. Um, And we'll be happy with that. If it doesn't, like for a while, then we'll start actively tracking. Sure. Um, But no, I think
2: this would have been good because I was a little off on my math. I was like, (laughs) I thought I knew and no, I didn't. So, David, do you think that uh, this app could help other fathers out there, other husbands that want to track certain days of the month?
4: (laughs) Definitely. Um, Although I'm probably the least qualified person here to comment on a cycle tracking app. um, I mean – I would, I would say it's probably going to be more helpful for the moms and yeah. especially the ones who are trying. There are sometimes some small thing that if they did it just a little bit differently, it'll increase their chances. Right. And if even one baby gets born to a mom who wants them because of this app, it's awesome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we'll put a link up on our website if you guys want to download it and check it out.
3: So today we're discussing what to expect between your positive pregnancy test and your first prenatal appointment. Joining us here in the studio is Dr. Jan penvos board-certified OBGYN. She practices at Radiance OBGYN in Oceanside. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me today. We've had her on before, so it's always great to have return OBs. (laughs) So first of all, um, you know, the first thing we do, obviously, when we find out we're pregnant is probably pee on that stick <laughs> so, absolutely and when you get that positive you're probably wondering well, how accurate is it am i really pregnant so can you shed some light on the accuracy of a home pregnancy test <laughs>
1: yeah, they're they're very accurate there's some rare cases where they they could be a false positive but not too many and it is you, they say the highest error can be user error, but honestly, I think nowadays they make them pretty foolproof, um, and, you know, they recommend the first urine of the day, and it doesn't even have to really be that to work. It, it, it's hard to screw it up. You'd have to be super, super hydrated to have it not pick up, which can happen, of course, but it's a great tool. Um, I know they advertise them to, oh, it can become positive a week or two before, which, you know, will... You know, ultimately depend on your ovulation and things like that but I'd say wait till you miss your period and you know even if it's negative at that point because of the variance in ovulation for some people wait wait a week is what's recommended and repeat it so if it's negative repeat it in a week
3: sometimes that's so hard too yeah. <laughs>
1: I know. Or repeat it every day for the next week right. and then call us in a week when seven of them have been positive.
3: Exactly. That's when you're like, oh, wait, I can't spend this $13 per test if I'm in a test every yeah. day. And then you're going to like the dollar store. Yeah. <laughs> um, so also, I, and we touched on this before we started recording, if you have a very faint positive, if there's a very faint line. Yes. Does that mean you're positive or is it iffy? I mean, for ovulation predictor kits, that's the killer, but
1: for the actual pregnancy test, the line is a line, so you can feel pretty good about that. If it's real faint and you don't you know, you don't want to get all excited and call everybody or call the doctor, you know, wait probably in that case you don't have to wait the whole week maybe wait three days
4: I really wish that was common knowledge <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're like, is that a line? but I'll
1: tell you what I've peed on a million pregnancy tests and just to make myself feel
3: like yeah, it's still
1: positive so it's I've some...
3: done I've done it myself yeah so <laughs> and so Natalie what was your experience with um, taking that home pregnancy test it, it was the really
5: really faint second line and we're like am, am I am I not is it is it real is it did it is it positive is it does it count? <laughs> and yeah, so that's when we like, um, I had a coworker that recommended get the digital one that says the pregnant, not pregnant. She's like, don't joke around with like, <laughs> like the lines, the crosses, whatever. She's like, get the digital that tells you for sure. I was like, okay. But yeah, yeah no, time. we did. We did like the, we're going to pee on one stick a day every day. <laughs> <to> <laughs> like make sure that
3: this actually is the right, like it's positive. And what prompted you to take that test? Did you miss your period or were you having other? Symptoms? No, actually
5: it was four days before my missed period. Um, I just, I, I felt, I felt different. I felt weird. Um, and I thought, oh, am I, am I not? I'm like, oh, my period's not for four more days. I was like, it's a little early anyway. Um, cause I didn't think it would pop positive like that early. And so I was like, well, I'll just try it anyway. It's just peeing on a stick. <laughs> like So, and then I did, it was, um, five in the morning oh. when I had gotten up for work and, uh, yeah, I kind of went into him, like, in tears, and I was just like, Ooh. like, you couldn't
3: understand a word I said. I just kind of showed a <laughs> stick Most effective in his alarm face. ever. <laughs> I'm awake now. <laughs> and so does a woman need to confirm her pregnancy with a physician? Yeah, because there are some rare things that can happen. Yeah, we do like it. Uh,
1: patients to come confirm with us. I usually say around nine, 10 weeks uh, pregnancy, we'll do a confirmatory test in the office. And if there's any doubts of the test, we can always get a serum test or a blood
3: test. So. Okay. And what does the blood test tell you? Is it just like different levels of hormones? or So
1: it is looking specifically at the HCG or pregnancy hormones. So the most common one we test for is the beta HCG. So it looks in. What you can do is you can send either for a qualitative, which just says it's greater than five and it's positive, or you can do a quantitative if there's other things going on uh, where you need to know the number.
3: And why would you have a patient come in around nine to 10 weeks versus right away?
1: Well, unfortunately, because some of us will miscarry or. you know, it could have been a chemical pregnancy that, you know, they implanted and then, right you know, they just got the test and soon after they might miss it. Some of those types of pregnancies, which we call the quote-unquote chemical pregnancies, but certainly some people who aren't trying to get pregnant might not even know they were even pregnant. So it's it's really the people who are checking for it who are going to know it. So uh, that gives us time. You know, and I've had patients come in. They did have the home positive pregnancy test, and then by the time they get to see us, it's negative again. And then we talk about you know, did they want to be pregnant? Um, how can we help them if they do? Or if they didn't, do we want some sort of uh, birth control dis- discussion?
3: Do you remember how long you had to wait to be seen, Natalie? To be seen by, by the, your prenatal. Like a by prenatal. The prenatal, appointment? prenatal? Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: Forever.
5: Yeah, it was <laughs> long, wasn't it? Because it was.
4: Wow. Between the first test and the actual first appointment, it was about a month and a half.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, you know, too, when, when people call, we counsel them. You know, of course, if everything's going fine, you, you come in at the 9 to 10 weeks. Yeah. If it's not, we, we give them things to look for. Bleeding, you know, severe nausea, vomiting, weight loss, um, Pains, pelvic pains, certain things. You know, of course, if something changes, we want to see you sooner, what we call our emergency OB visit. So we get you in sooner than that first prenatal care visit.
4: So I guess it's a good thing it took a while because nothing yeah. really went wrong. But. When
1: it's your first baby, you're so excited. You just, you know, you want to start everything. But, of course, then if people come in too early, you know, everybody wants to hear the heartbeat. You know, usually around 10 weeks we can hear it. Uh, not always. So if we bring you in too early, then, you you know, you could leave stressed. and That's and, a good point. And things. I mean, when then we're sending you for ultrasound. Some of us have it in their office. Say, you know, I'm still new, so I'm waiting to get my ultrasound in the office. I miss it very much because if you can't get a heartbeat early on, which is not uncommon, it stresses them out no matter how much you reassure them so that's
4: I'm, I'm glad we got that on the first visit it was <laughs> yeah. like that was the coolest part of the first it, visit yeah
1: that's people really like that and I do too
3: yeah I remember calling with my first and I, I said oh I got a positive pregnancy test so can I come in like oh well that's good enough for us you know see you in a month and a half I'm like how is that good it like, was <laughs> no. like that's what we would use too to test you and I was like okay yeah, yeah. patience but it is it's like exciting. the longest month ever yeah <laughs> And I know one of the first things I would want to do is find out when my baby is due. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> so Absolutely. you take that test, and then you're doing the math in your head. So how is a due date calculated? So basically, it's, it's
1: adding 280 days or 40 weeks to, to, from your last menstrual period.
3: And you have those, I've heard it termed um, like the two free weeks in the beginning. (laughs) Right. Essentially, you
1: know, because technically we're calculating from your last menstrual period. Obviously, you weren't pregnant in those two free weeks. Absolutely. But I always like to remind patients, too, uh, 41 weeks is really how long it is. So we get to that 40 weeks. But we, you know, ACOG recommends that we can go up to actually technically 42 weeks. But most doctors feel safer with the 41 weeks for, you know, any um, term complications to avoid them. So.
5: Okay. See, we actually had that discussion when we first found out we were pregnant. I was like, no, this is the due date. And he's like, no, 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 this is the due date. Yeah. And like we were trying well, to Well, and you'll get that, it.
1: right? Some patients will be like, I know when I ovulated or we only had sex once. And I'm like, I totally believe you and I honor that, but I'm going to tell you how I'm going to date your yeah. pregnancy. Right. And what I'll do is I'll use the calculation on the computer nowadays or the wheel, you know, whatever's right at my fingertips. And we'll get the due date and then the next ultrasound will help us decide whether that that's accurate a lot that's a that's a big misconception people are like the ultrasound said it's now this and oh now this ultrasound said it's this i said no no no. we're gonna assign it early on and when i tell you what it is that is what it is and we're and then any ultrasound that shows a different date after might be a growth change that we have to follow maybe or if it's close enough then yeah it's the same due date okay
3: and are there some early um physical pregnancy symptoms to expect um especially before that first appointment like what's your body feel like in that early time and
1: everybody's different for this right so i always tell people just because you don't feel bad doesn't mean it's not going well (laughs) but if somebody is feeling really bad i'll say well it means the pregnancy is going well things are good um you know with the exception of that abnormal one i said where people can be very very sick with nausea and vomiting but that's one nausea and vomiting um you know the breast tenderness some people it will get enlarged and it's been a Ironic for me lately, that's been a big complaint. And women are like, I had to stop running. Like, There's nothing they can do to to have that discomfort go away. So you just have to wait for those HCG levels to kind of come back down. And it is normal to feel fatigued. Frequent urination, but no signs of pain or anything that would indicate, you know, that you have a bladder infection. Some people absolutely get the food cravings or food aversions. Um, Your blood flow is increasing. Some people get that nasal congestion. And as things go along, you might get the bleeding gums when you brush your teeth. And certainly there can be some mood changes. I'm sure you guys haven't experienced that at all. Nothing. Um, I haven't noticed. And, you know, other vascular changes as things progress. Did you have any early symptoms Natalie? Um nausea, nausea a
5: little bit, yeah. And it but I noticed it was kind of funny. It's you know everybody's like oh you don't want to eat. It's, it wasn't nausea when I was around food. It was nausea when I didn't eat food. Yeah. Like I noticed the like I had, the hunger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, I've never been that hungry before. And it, so I just had to snack throughout the day like Um, I called my mom and I was like, what do I do? And she was like, just keep a little bag of like wheat thins or crackers in your pocket and just snack all day.
2: So and that's what I did. And I felt so much better. Sunny, did you have any early pregnancy symptoms? Um, I felt just I guess this has to do with like having more and more babies. But I felt like I just got bigger, faster. I don't know if that, you know, I, don't I know. totally
1: did. With, yeah. yeah. Second time, second time, yeah, everything's been stretched out. Right. So you absolutely, you're, you know, the first time you're so excited to pop and you don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the second time you're like trying to hide it. Maternity like,
3: pants, six weeks
1: pregnant. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly.
2: Second, well, and my husband thought I was crazy with my third and final pregnancy because I said, no, this is crazy big. Like I'm getting crazy big. And he's looking at me. He's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, trust me, I know. And like that was my clue that, you know, maybe there was more than one. <laughs> (laughs) baby in there but then I was like it's my third pregnancy and I was kind of expecting to be bigger but yeah you know I get a little bit of nausea but yeah definitely the more babies I had the bigger I got the faster I got you know
3: and I remember too what I didn't realize was that early pregnancy symptoms can almost mimic premenstrual symptoms
1: absolutely absolutely and so I
3: had a little bit of cramping and yeah like the breast tenderness little cramping's not abnormal so because everything's growing and yeah but that that was a call to my OB I hadn't even met her yet and I was just like I'm having cramps she's like are you having bleeding no? Okay. See you in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> All right. So when we come back, we'll discuss lifestyle changes that will be important in those first
0: four to 12 weeks of pregnancy. We'll be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.
3: Welcome back. Today, we're discussing what to expect between your positive pregnancy test and your first prenatal appointment. Board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Jan Penvosi is our expert. So what should a woman be doing differently concerning nutrition once she finds out she's pregnant? Well, you know, I think I was thinking, do we need to give a specific calorie
1: count? I don't think so. I really tailor it towards my patient. Uh, are they vegetarian? Are they vegan? Uh, do they now have food aversions? Are they no? no are they now nauseous? Most importantly, we, you know, we want someone on a prenatal vitamin vitamin before they conceive. Uh, there's all sorts out. Certainly, you know, the prescription ones do have a little more in them, but if people are more prone to nausea vomiting, sometimes a little less in them makes you feel better. But as you were saying earlier here, you definitely the small frequent meals definitely makes a difference. And that's really the way to maintain a healthy pregnancy is you're going to have three kind of average meals a day with snacks in between and a snack in the evening, oftentimes just to get you through the night. Um, and you definitely you want the omegas if you can have them. But if you're really sick, then, then we talk about it and tailor it to each specific patient. And we definitely have certain foods and stuff that we can talk about that you want to make sure you're getting and some that that you might want to avoid or, you know, have some caution about.
3: And what are some of those foods to avoid when you're newly pregnant? So,
1: you know, the, the classic you're not supposed to have lunch and meats is still true. It's, it's just about the processing of the lunch and meat and you're trying to avoid listeria infection. Um, so you want to do that. And then cheeses that aren't pasteurized is still a classic one. Uh, So when you're eating out, you want to avoid cheeses that you just don't know enough about. But if they're pasteurized, you're fine. Um, It's how things are prepared. And uh, what was the other thing I wanted to tell you guys about? The raw vegetables. So those, they can just have bacteria in them. So, you know, you have to be very careful. And some of them, you can't, like an alfalfa sprout and those things, you can't wash it out. Mm. So you have to be careful With that, and fish is another one that it's actually good for you to have fish in pregnancy. You just can't overdo the fish because we can't always know exactly how much mercury is in the fish. And I give people websites to check out to see which have higher levels, and uh, we talk about that. And sushi? Sushi? Actually, I looked that up again. You know, I'm always looking things up again. T- technically, or properly prepared sushi, technically you can have, but I usually just recommend to avoid it. But if you've had it, I say, don't panic. You're probably fine. If they freeze it and then prepare it, the they call it sushi grade sushi. Is okay. But I tell my patients no, just because it's one of those things I don't know if you can always trust. But, and again, and I tell patients, okay, you had some luncheon meats. You're fine. You didn't get infected. It's okay. <laughs> so, probably if you sneak a sandwich because you're dying one night and you don't have a choice, you're probably going to be fine. But you just don't want to overdo it. I'll tell people, get a turkey breast, get some ham, bake it on the weekend. It's prepared in your house. You don't have that risk. Make sandwiches of that. If you're a sandwich person, you can still have your sandwiches. You can have tuna sandwiches, but it's better to have the light than the white. The white albacore, for some reason, holds on to a lot more mercury. And then the last one I'll say is the toxoplasmosis, which is we usually see as the cat litter one, but which it still is. You don't want to avoid changing cat litter. or If you're a gardener where there's cats outside, you want to avoid that. But truly, red rare meats is one of the things you have to be careful about. So you can get toxo from certain foods as well.
4: If you really do love sandwiches, is it safe if you do like nuke the lunch meat we, we've read that yes and If
1: you can heat the luncheon meat most people give me the Ugh, face. <laughs> so i say all right get get a turkey breast on the weekend get some ham on the weekend bake it in your bake it in your house and slice it yourself it's probably better for you anyhow just right. with nutrient-wise a little more work i'm gonna go
3: home and make a sandwich <laughs> you now everybody's I've, hungry i've missed i've missed lunch meat so much <laughs> absolutely and now did her change in anything that she was eating affect you as dad?
4: Not really. Uh, I got lucky because she doesn't hate any foods that she liked before. She just... Has a, f- a few more, you know, on the way home, can you pick up some ice cream?
6: <laughs> the baby
4: wants ice cream. And I was like, whatever you need. So
3: I mean, and you love I the baby, right? <laughs> I try to be good.
1: Yeah, and we and that brings the point, you know, we really don't want to overdo. I tell people <laughs> the kidney bean in there really doesn't need an extra two scoops of ice cream. Like, the kidney bean needs, like, a lick of ice cream. Right. So I always remember, you know, I was a bad first-time mom. I I thought I was eating for two. But, you know, I remind my patients, you're not eating for two. Um, So just small, frequent, healthy meals. You don't really need to increase it so much more, but you, and you want to have the same healthy thoughts. But, and I always say, let your husband gain the extra calories. So make him get the ice cream (laughs) since we've got the dad here. And you have a little bit of it and have him finish it.
3: Oh, that's my husband's dream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when we think about physical activity, are there certain limitations? Yeah. So,
1: and again, that's very patient tailored. It depends on how much you're exercising before the pregnancy. Generally, if somebody's not really athletic, I'll say you want to keep your heart rate below, you know, 130 beats per minute. If you're athletic, you can probably tolerate a little more because your heart's used to it. So you're going to increase your blood volume about one and a half times with your pregnancy. So your heart has to pump that. So I totally want you to continue your exercise in the pregnancy. You just have to watch your heart rate. That's kind of a a quick indicator that your body can handle it.
3: Did you notice any changes in in, in physical activity for yourself did you have to tailor anything or much i was just so tired i was just so
5: tired um all the time i've um i have hypothyroid anyway so i'm a little uh, i have I get fatigued easily anyway um but just this was a whole different kind of tired and so it was hard to like I mean he would be really good. He would be like, "All right babe, let's go for a walk." Like we have to go for a walk. And I'm like, "No. We have to sleep." And he's like, "No, no, we're going to go for a walk." So he was he was really good about that. Nice. And sometimes that that
3: will help with fatigue. You just got to get up. You first. just got <laughs> to get
1: up. That's the is, hard part. And it is normal that you have that extra fatigue early in the pregnancy. That kidney bean takes a lot of energy yeah. to grow. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I always said, "You know, I'm so busy making a human. I just cannot get up." On this <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, um, Dr. Penvosi, are there some recommended resources for pregnancy support before – a first appointment that you might recommend? Yeah you know
1: one that I love is I there's a, a patient up-to-date it's called and that's a great resource resource for lots of health problems and that's one you can go ahead and look at. Um, one that I do like uh, is in California is a mother to baby website I'm sure there's I think when I look today again to confirm there's some for other sites and those are sites that can tell you like this is safe to eat this isn't safe to eat. Also you know call your provider uh, for example I'm a newer practice within the past year and I'm I'm really working to tweak my website, so I'm going to have some of those common things on my website. So, a check your doctor's website, or b call their office. Um, and I still love "What to Expect When Expecting" that old book that's out there. I think they changed the cover finally. <laughs> I don't know. You might, you guys might know. They had that lady in the rocking chair on it, but I think it's still there. It might honestly. still be there. But honestly, it's a great. It's book. It's iconic. It's I don't it, know how it you is. change the cover, really. exactly. <laughs> but that's a great book. So. You, If you have any questions or you're looking on a website and something concerns you, call your doctor's office and say, hey, can you look at this website and tell me if it's reputable?
3: Yeah, because I know um, I was in some of those pregnancy forums, which can almost be less helpful than <laughs> right, helpful right, <laughs> right, Because right. you just, you get, you get all, all kinds, kinds and um, sometimes, sometimes creates, creates more anxiety, anxiety than it's Yeah, <laughs> and if
1: you're sitting home anxious about something, I want my patients to call me. I don't want you sitting home thinking some horrible thing or you've done some horrible thing. You just want to call. And caffeine's another one we talked about. People are freaking out. You know, most of the time, babies are pretty resilient. So call. Don't be stressed. That's a reason you could do an emergency OB visit. Like, if you're worried that you did something wrong and you're going to stress till the 9 to 10 weeks, see if you can just do a consult. Some practices might just have midwives or nurse practitioners, or if the doctor doesn't take a, a patient before that visit, maybe somebody there can talk to you.
3: Did you have any go-to resources? Um
4: well, parents, obviously, uh, most of our friends have already delivered at least one, sometimes as many as three, I three. think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got that book, uh, What to Expect, almost immediately, yeah. but a few of our friends actually warned us against reading it cover to cover because right. you're worried to death about <laughs> right. every single thing. Yeah. Um, so do you recommend looking at it only if you have a concern or just reading it so you I know what to say expect?
1: I you read it for the, the trimester you're in. Read it. Read okay. for where you're going and then stop. Yeah.
6: Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because then you're going to be seeing your doctor. If you read from front to end, you're going to go into your first visit thinking, oh, my gosh. Whereas if you read, it's going to be appropriate to the next visit you're going to see your doctor
3: for. Yeah, you don't really need to come in with your birth plan at week eight. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I was reading it, and I was like, I don't want to give this to her. She'll, yeah, no, you she'll just, become neurotic. You really <laughs>
3: just need to read where you're at. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Penvosi. For more information about Dr. Penvosi, as well as information about any of our panelists, visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Perky Pals Club. After the show, Dr. Penvosi is going to discuss medications and early pregnancy. To join our club, visit our website, newmommymedia.com.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Hi, Priggy pals. We've got a question for one of our experts. Erica from Anchorage, Alaska writes, I got a phone call from my OB that the prenatal testing I
5: did shows that my baby may have Down syndrome. But there's a high false positive rate for the
1: test, so not to worry too much yet. What does that mean?
6: Hi Erica. my name is Ray Kamali and I'm an OBGYN uh, practicing in San Diego. Thank you for your question. There are a number of prenatal screening tests for trisomy 21 or Down syndrome. Most commonly, a blood test called a quad marker screening is ordered between 15 weeks and 20 weeks. This test screens for four substances in mom's blood and gives an assessment of risk factors for Down syndrome, trisomy 21, also trisomy 18, and neural tube defects. A positive screen does not always mean that there is a birth defect. In fact, most women will have normal follow-up tests on healthy babies. Usually patients that have positive screen results are offered more comprehensive um, anatomy ultrasounds that look for abnormalities. Additionally, options for further testing such as amniocentesis are discussed. In an amniocentesis, a needle is used to take some fluid from the amniotic sac and checks for genetic karyotypes. There are also some newer tests that may be offered that check for the baby's DNA in mom's blood and evaluates that DNA for abnormalities. This is called non-invasive prenatal testing, or NIPT.
3: That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Newbies, for postpartum moms during baby's first year, Parent Savers for parents with infants and toddlers, Twin Talks for parents of multiples, and The Boob Group for moms who breastfeed. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way.
5: and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health
2: care... New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey,
2: mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.